Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this narration of Why Humans Avoid War, taken from Reddit. If you are new to the series, there is a link to a playlist in the description. And as always, I hope that you enjoy. Chapter 22 Kylon Point of View The last official engagement I saw the humans partaking in, they deployed a total of five ships. That was all they needed. This time, they had raised a proper armada, gathered thousands of their finest vessels. Word had been sent to the Federation, informing them of the disaster at the refugee camp. A warning them to prepare for a devouring incursion in case of our failure. However, the Terrans opted to not request any military assistance or diverge any specifics of the plan. No doubt, the speaker's sabotage was still imprinted in their memory. Earth's sudden mobilization, despite their given reasons, no doubt raised some alarms back in the Federation. The two parties deeply mistrusted each other, in light of recent events, and I was doubtful that I would ever wear off. Hell, even I was frightened of humanity at times. But now, as we walked towards our final confrontation, I was only worried about the humans especially Rykov. Perhaps I didn't understand human body language, but his posture signaled pain to me. He was huddled over his hollow display, head bowed. His shoulders sagged as though a weight had been placed upon them. Was he truly prepared to do what was necessary? I sidled up to him, nudging him on the arm. Are you all right? You seem like you're having second thoughts. Quiet. No worry. I won't hesitate. The human sighed, shaking his head. The people at home won't understand what we sacrifice, what we give to ourselves. Perhaps you don't either, General. Dying. Almost dying. Getting shot, I offered. Rykov chuckled bitterly. Beyond that, you don't come back the same person. You have to live with the terrible things you've done. And you just try to convince yourself that was right. It is right. Trillions of lives will be saved. I think there is honor in that, I replied. Perhaps there are no good choices today, he said. But believe me, I take no pleasure. The ship rocked violently as we were thrown out of hyperspace on the fringes of the Devara system. I skidded across the floor, groaning as I collided with the metal chair. That hardly seemed like a controlled emergence. It seemed that we had run into a warp disruption field. The enemy must have installed some new defenses while we were away. I heard cursing a few lengths from me and saw Commander Rykov on his knees. It appeared he collided headfirst with a workstation. Grimy red blood was streaming from his nostrils and his nose was jutting unnaturally off to the side. That definitely was broken and in my estimation entailed a considerable amount of pain. I crawled over to the human. You require medical attention. I can oversee. The commander picked himself up, gritting his teeth. It's but a scratch. Soldiers, I want weapons powered up yesterday. Shoot anything that moves that isn't one of ours. I limped after him, staring in disbelief. Was he really going to carry on like nothing happened? Humans were tougher than they looked. Sir... We have another problem, an ensign called out. It appears the enemy detached a breaching pod. 
A boarding party has infiltrated the ship. My antennae twitched in confusion. Since when do they board ships? I think they have a special hatred for this one. The commander frowned, wiping a fresh stream of blood from his lip. General, um, we're a little short on foot soldiers. I'd like you to meet up with the, my security team in the main hangar and take care of the welcoming committee. Keep them alive, if possible. Despite several tours of the flagship, I wasn't sure where the main hangar was, but I thought that I could figure it out. The last thing I needed was to look incompetent. As the ship's soon-to-be first officer, I gave Rykov a nod, retrieving a plasma rifle from the weapons cart. The gun was much lighter than I remembered, which I attributed to the nanite enhancement. My departure from the bridge was swift, and I'd hoped that following my instincts would bring me to my destination. But after rounding a few corners, it became apparent that I was heading in the wrong direction. The cupboards of pearl bottles and syringes suggested that this was the med bay. There wasn't a physician in sight. Non-combatants were probably locked down until the ship was secured. I surveyed the walls, looking for a map. There had to be some sort of directions, somewhere, for evacuation procedures at least. My ears perked as footsteps echoed down the hall, and I sighed in relief. Perhaps the humans could steer me in the right course. I was about to call out, but then... I realized something was off. Those weren't heavy thuds of Terran boots. Instead, they were the tapping sound, like raindrops striking a rooftop. I ducked into the doctor's office, peering around a wall. There were five devourer soldiers, by my count, slinking through the hallways. They seemed to be sweeping the premises for any stragglers. I pressed my gun to my chest, trying to steady my breathing. My only hope was to ambush them and take several out before they knew what hit them. Shadows stretched past the doorframe, which suggested that they would pass the office in a matter of seconds. My finger found the trigger as soon as they crossed my vision. A plasma brown sailed through the lead soldier's forehead, and it crumpled to the ground. Fueled by survival instincts, I charged at the other four in an animalistic frenzy. Before they could shoot back, I had tackled another guy and rolled him on top of me to serve as a shield. His friends opened fire, and I felt his body spasm as it was peppered with rounds. There was a pause as their weapons went on cooldown, and that was all the time I needed. Wriggling out from under the corpse, I picked off one that shot the chest, then turned my rifle on the second. A volley tore through the neck, and she collapsed in a bloodied heap. Bore down, one to go. Theoretically, the last guy should have been the easiest to take out, but the opposite seemed to be true in my experience. This one was watching me with sharp eyes and ducked just as I found my aim. My shot whizzed over the head, burying itself harmlessly in the wall. To make matters worse, my rifle buzzed in my hands, indicating that it was on a five-second cooldown. Well, shit. His gun was almost recharged at this point, which meant I had to act immediately. I closed the distance between us with long strides, jabbing him in the gut with the butt of my rifle. With a sharp exhale, he stumbled backwards, dropping his weapon on the floor. I reached for the loose firearm, but my action didn't go unnoticed. He kicked it away and moved towards me. Panic spurred me to swing my rifle at him like a club, bashing him over the head didn't seem like the worst idea. Well, at least until I actually tried it. His hand shot up in a blow, catching the gun by the barrel. 
Before I knew it, the weapon had been wrenched out of my grasp. As it clattered to the ground, I realized I was in trouble. Hand-to-hand combat was never my forte, as it wasn't something the Jatari military trained in. But the guy's gone like reflexes. He certainly had the upper hand. I'd barely raised my fists in time to block a series of punches. While I was trying to parry his strikes, he had swept my feet out from under me. Pain shot up my spine as I smacked against cold metal. He sank to my level in a flash, placing me in a headlock. Thrashing about, clawing at his face, none of it seemed to do any good. His grip around my airway only tightened, and I could feel my awareness dimming, a burning sensation pulsating through my lungs as my body screamed for more oxygen. It was becoming increasingly hard to form coherent thoughts. A shroud of darkness was creeping into my perception. In a few moments, I would slip into its embrace. There was a sickening crunch, which I only faintly registered. My assailant's grip slackened, and I pulled free, gasping for air, an ache lingering in my throat where his arm had been, and I figured I'd have some bruises to show for our encounter. Without intervention, could have been a lot worse. What were you thinking, engaging in a group of them by yourself? I glanced to see Mac, Rykov's security officer, accompanied by a team of twelve others. You were a no-show, and now I see why. Uh, I got lost, I sputtered. The ship is a damned maze. Mac paused. I see. Well, I gave your buddy there a good knock upside the head. When he wakes up, he'll be in the brig. Come with me, if you can walk. Uh, thanks. I owe you one. I struggled to my feet, following after the birdie man. Where are we going? The bridge. I figure the boss wants you back. What? I'm sure there are more of them. We have to. There were. Past tense. He growled. Just, uh, look at the scenery as we walk. A series of questions floated through my mind, which I figured were better left unanswered. Was he saying they cleared the entire ship? It couldn't have been more than 15 minutes since I set off for Rykov's orders. The meaning of the statement became apparent as we entered the main passage to the bridge. Bodies were sprayed out in the hallway with blood and brain matter splattered on the walls. One of the corpses had a severed arm shoved out its throat, while another was sawed clean in half. I didn't even want to know. The brutality was revolting. Scenery? I stared around me, dumbfounded. What the feck, Mac? These guys are slaves. Did you have a butcher them? Rykov said alive. And you? Calm down. These are no slaves. See the brands on their necks? The human lowered his voice. Your friend, Brian, warned us about them. They're part of the doomsday cult that worships the AI and wants to help it bring about the end of days, always on the front lines when they destroy a world. I frowned. Even so, don't you think this is a bit, uh, excessive? Not at all, in fact, uh, I wish they suffered more. I fell quiet. Deriving pleasure from another being's pain seemed cruel, yet Mac spoke as if they were the most normal thing in the world. It was a glimpse of their worst impulses, that humanity terrified me. They were always a step away from becoming the monsters that they despised. End of chapter. Part 23. Kylon Point of View. I hurried back to my post by the hollow display, eager to get as far away from the mangled bodies as possible. Through the lens of the viewpoint, I glimpsed the battle ranging amongst the stars. Well, I had been preoccupied, 
with the foot soldiers infiltrating our ship. The crewmates on the bridge had been clawing their way through a sea of enemies. A few hundred Allied vessels were tucked away at our side, trying to withstand a barrage of plasma fire. To their credit, the Terrans were hurling an equal amount of ammo at the hostiles. The humans were hoping to find any weakness to exploit, any chink in their armor. But it was to no avail. The Devourer's shields were absorbing anything we threw at them, our advance had slowed to a crawl, and we were on the verge of being pushed back. General, Commander Rykov gave me a nod, his voice taut with pain. Glad to see you in one piece. Yes, others didn't share my good fortune, I muttered. The human eyes narrowed. What does that mean? We suffered casualties. I averted my gaze, unable to look at him straight. Not to my knowledge. I mean, your boys carved up the aliens nice and good. If I didn't know better, I'd think wild animals got to them. Oh, I see, Rykov sighed, massaging his forehead. Human emotions can run hot. My orders were clear, but uh, I suppose they got a bit carried away. Sorry you had to see that. I leaned over the command console, having nothing further to say on the matter. What was important now was completing the mission, and to do that... We needed to find a way through the enemy's stalwart defense line. But that seemed next to impossible, now that they were privy to the Terran playbook. More human ships were slipping off the radar by the second. We needed to take drastic measures before we lost the entire fleet. What could we do that was completely unpredictable and what could catch the devourers off guard? Some sort of antimatter missile slammed into our hull, sending ripples through the flagship's frame. The overhead lights went out, replaced by a faint orange glow emanating from the floorboards. The computer systems went offline for a moment before humming back to life. A few of the humans glanced around nervously. Primary power source inoperable. Emergency generator activated, a mechanical voice said. Shields at 12%. I shook my head in disbelief. This is the same ship that breezed through the Federation's orbital defenses without a scratch. That's not the first hit we took, just the straw that broke the camel's back, Rykov growled. The human idiom was lost to me, but I thought I understood the gist of it. We're running out of time then. Uh, doesn't sound like we can take too many more hits. What do we do now? Earth is depending on us, General. We carry on. We fight to the last. There's nothing else to be done, he answered. That's not going to be enough. They're one step ahead of us at every turn. Well, um... What do you suggest exactly? We call for the god to smite them. We retreat. You've got to be kidding, General. I'd rather die than live like a coward. They won't just let my planet burn. I'm no coward. You know that. Breaking through their formation is impossible. We need to bait them forward, lure them towards us. When they chase us, we outflank them. Rykov pursed his lips, considering my proposition, despite the conviction in my voice. I wasn't convinced that my ploy would be effective. But with the human ship count ticking lower, our shields waning, and our forward trajectory stalling, it was a necessary gamble. I just hoped the commander would arrive at the same conclusion. Okay, so we drop back. What makes you think they'll follow us? He asked after a long silence. I tried to imitate a human shrug. Just a hunch. They're arrogant, and from what I've seen... They don't like to leave survivors. A hunch, you say, he frowned, casting a final glance at the hotter display. Very well. 
I'll have an encrypted message sent out to the fleet for all our sakes. I hope it works. The commander called out a series of orders, setting a new plan into motion. The flagship banked sharply, reversing our course in a matter of seconds. We accelerated at full throttle. The quicker we got out of plasma range, the better. Our allies trailed after us, and the devourers were left without any vessels to engage. The enemy remained stationary for a moment. No doubt, they were bewildered by the human's sudden departure. A coordinated retreat, while the fight was still in the balance, had to raise suspicions, after all. But the chance to finish us off, before we could regroup or jump to warp, must have been too tempting. Our opponents tore after the withdrawing ships, guns blazing. I breathed a sigh of relief, even though that was only the first step of the plan. The next part was the most difficult, and would take the humans out of their comfort zone, acting like prey. The devourers needed to smell weakness. The Terrans slowed their breakneck pace, allowing the pursuers to close the distance. An outslot of missiles preceded the enemy's arrival, all bound for our largest battleship. I counted at least twenty warheads heading for the flagship, and hoped that we could weather the storm once more. The first impact was almost indetectable, and it seemed as though the damage might not be so bad. Then several missiles struck in quick succession, and all hell broke loose. In their weakened state, our shields strained to keep up with such a concentrated force. The floor quaked beneath my feet, powerful enough that I could feel my teeth rattling. A terrible groan came from the ceiling above, as though a pipe had burst. Sparks departed the wiring on the walls, leaving an acrid scent of the air. My guess was that the cooling system had taken the worst of it. I reported in the engine room, shields are negligible power. The computer's voice was emotionless, as always. Evacuation of all personnel recommended. Not happening. Rykov clapped his hands together, a maniacal grin on his face. His ship was literally on fire, but he was excited. It's our turn now, boys. Light them up! The devourers up towards our position. Clearly, they had thrown all caution to the wind. The Terran vessels parted around them as they arrived, granting them access to the heart of the formation. We were swallowing them like a tasty morsel, and I don't think that they even noticed. Well, not until they were already surrounded on all sides. After corralling the enemy, the humans nailed them with precise, relentless measures, Similar to how the flagship shields had crumbled, the Devourer's defenses just weren't designed for a 360-degree bombardment. Their logical AI master would have never planned for such a scenario, because there was no valid reason for a fleet to get boxed in like this. The humans softened up the enemy's shields first, grilling them with steady laser fire from all sides. This was followed by the deployment of missiles. As soon as their defenses began to wane, Primates seemed to have an infinite supply of world-ending explosives, as usual. Massive battleships and nimble fighters alike blinked out of existence, no match for the combined power of antimatter and fission weapons. In panicked attempt to escape, some of the devourer ships collided with each other. Those vessels also became little more than a thousand fragments scattered across the darkness of night. Set course to the star at maximum speed, Rykov barked. No time to waste. An ensign cleared her throat nervously. Sir, uh, our engine is overheating. The commander crossed his arms, frowning. Did I stutter? 
The flagship cruised through the remnants of the fleet, finally having a lane into the destroyer system. I just hoped that we could complete our mission before the offensive reached Earth. This was a race that we couldn't afford to lose. The fate of humanity was hanging in the balance. A few enemy ships had lingered behind while their partners walked into our trap, though these vessels were in the minority. A cluster of five battleships blocked our path, as that was all they could muster. There were no new orders on the bridge, not even an acknowledgement of their presence. The flagship sped on, full steam ahead. Our exposed frame was scorched with plasma fire, which burned a few holes into our metal hide. As atmosphere began to vent, automated processes sealed off the damaged ship sections. It was going to take a few more puncture marks to dispatch this Terran monstrosity. I winced as I realized that we weren't slowing at all, and were mere seconds from plowing into the defensive quintet. The devourer ships were vulnerable to ramming tactics, sure, but were there really no other options? If the humans wanted to piss away a trillion credits, they could have done that without wrecking their finest craft. Hell, forget the economic toll, with the fiery situation in the engine room, a jolt might be enough to turn us into a smoldering wreck. Even under normal circumstances, there was no guarantee that we'd make it in one piece. I knew it was hopeless to reason with the humans, since rushes with death seemed to be the incentive to them. All I could do was find something to hold on to, and send up a silent prayer to the universe, even if we survived. This was going to be a bumpy ride. End of story. Chapter 24 Kylon Point of View As we hurtled towards our imminent collision, the sounds of coughing filled the bridge. An involuntary shudder ran down my spine. While I knew that it was rather commonplace for their species, I could practically feel the rattling of their lungs. The deteriorating conditions inside the flagship were affecting me as well. My eyes were burning from the billows of smoke that pulled in the air, and my skin was smoldering from the temperature, which had risen to an uncomfortable degree. With a glance around, I saw many of the humans tugging at the collars of their shirts, none of them looking too pleased with the environmental status either. If we stayed on board this vessel too much longer, we would all suffocate. With the shields down and the interior aflame, I expected the ship to crack apart on impact, but the Terrans, true to their suicidal tendencies, pressed on anyways. The five Devourer cruisers did not budge as we bore down on them. They only seemed to huddle closer together. As the final line of defense, they had to stop us, even at the ultimate price. No protest, General. Rykov's nose was swollen to the size of a small fruit, but he was smirking anyways. I expected the word stop at least once. I shook my head. Why bother? I don't want to waste my final seconds of existence. You're quite the cynic, you know. Hell, we might survive this, he chuckled. My antennae twitched in confusion. Is that supposed to be reassuring? The broad hull of our ship plunged through the enemy line. Even the inertial dampeners at work, a jolt propelled me several lengths forward. I found myself prone on the ground yet again, wincing from another rough landing. The nanites in my veins could only mend so much tissue damage at once. 
I imagined I had a black and green tomorrow. Before I could regain my footing, the humans rolled the vessel sharply to one side, and an undignified yelp escaped my lips as I slid shoulder first into a workstation. What were they doing? Had the steering system gone haywire? I felt the flagship start to tip back in the other direction and clutched onto the base of the desk for dear life. An awful screeching sound resonated through the walls of our vessel, most likely our tough hide peeling away. But there were no worried call-outs from the pilots or the computer, so the erratic rotation had to be intentional. Why would the humans want to tumble about? Right, in the wake of a collision. I pondered the question a moment, and then... An idea occurred to me. The Terrans were twisting the ship like a knife, carving a deep gash. We were burrowing our way through the enemy craft and tearing up their inner workings as we went. A crunching noise echoed from the bridge's exterior wall, drawing my attention. I saw a crack snaking its way through the floor to seeding, with several tendrils breaching out from the root. Sure, our opponents had taken out of commission, but our own ship was hanging together by a thread. Severe damage reported to all sections. Structural integrity compromised. The computer's voice called out through the dead air, advised to power down the ship at once. Rykov cleared his throat. <coughs> computer, you don't recommend evacuation anymore. Negative. That is no longer possible, gave the reply. Why not exactly? The hangar bays and the escape pods have sustained heavy fire damage. They are inoperable. Advised to send out a distress signal and await rescue. The inferno spread had escalated quickly, and if it continued at a current pace, it would reach the bridge in a matter of minutes. We had grinded to a halt in the aftermath of the collision, and were currently wedged nose first into the enemy vessel. Any more impacts and fractures in the flagship exterior, so that meant breaking through to the other side was not an option. The commander scratched his head, frowning. Right! You heard the computer said, all power to thrusters. Once we're clear of this wreck, we got it to the Devourer Star. It should be a walk in the park. Maybe I wasn't the best at listening, but, um, that's definitely not what the computer said. Our engines, which were nearing liquefaction by now, revved to life. We inched forward, slicing our way through the last of the enemy plating. The ceiling, overheated, began to sag as its supports faltered, and I figured that it would come down to us. What hurt the most was knowing how close we'd come, and that we had failed in completing our mission all the same. Then, with a terrible shudder, the flagship was clear of the wreckage. It had sawed five enemy craft in half, leaving behind only idle debris. Our frame quivered, still deciding whether or not to collapse. By some miracle, it was holding together. For now. As cheers erupted around the bridge, I looked toward the commander. The man had found a seat behind the weapons console, displacing one of his ensigns. It was a matter of seconds until we passed by the Devourer's star, and he was ensuring that the grab bomb was prepped for deployment. The terrible task of genocide was still ahead of us. There was no semblance of a smile on his face, despite our hard-fought victory. His eyes were turned out to viewport, towards the serene blue and white spear that hung in the distance. That tear rolled down his face, and I suspected it was nothing to do with his physical injuries. Human compassion was so mysterious, and so antithetical to their violent instincts, 
The burden of slaughtering an entire species would eat Rykov up from the inside. He had admitted as much. Why would a man who so clearly despised this mission take the helm? Boris execution. The only answer I came was that he wished to save his subordinates from the guilt. Noble to the last. His earlier speech about sacrifice was still ringing in my ears. You don't come back the same person, he said. I didn't want him to change. I didn't want him to be anything like the cruel humans who maimed for sport, who savored the kill. Without thinking, I grabbed Rykov by the shoulder and threw him unceremoniously to the ground. The nearest crewmates tensed up at my unprovoked assault on their leader, but I ignored them. My fingers acted on autopilot. The first step was to confirm the target then. What the? The commander rose to his feet, looking more confused than angry. He noticed a few handguns aimed at me and signaled for the men to stand down. You really shouldn't attack someone on their own ship. Stand aside now. No, I muttered. Disbelief flashed in his eyes. What do you mean, no? I won't let you do this to yourself. You deserve better. My stomach churned as we glided into position, across from the vibrant orange star. It was a dreadful feeling, to have the power of annihilation at your fingertips. Let this one fall on my conscience. I appreciate the thought, but I'm giving the orders here. It's on my conscience either way, General, he replied. It it's different when you pulled the trigger. I expect the soldier to know that. My hand was trembling, my voice hardly more than a whisper. I pressed the firing mechanism before I could talk myself out of it. No more general, by the way. That's first officer, or just Kylon to you. I was taken aback as Commander Rykov embraced me. Why did humans show affection by trying to smother people? I gritted my teeth, resisting the urge to squirm out of his grasp. It would be over soon, wouldn't it? You're a, a good friend, Kylon, he said. I said, yes, but you smell like vinegar. Get off of me! The human withdrew, stepping back. That's not very nice. I know. It's part of my charm, I replied. You... All right, uh, quit staring, people. Time to get moving. The commander swept a stern look around the bridge, and the crewmates snapped back to work. We want to be long gone when the star blows atop. Let's hope that we have enough juice to make it home. Slipping into hyperspace was always rough, but this time blew all previous experience out of the water. The pressure condensing in my ear canals stripped me of my hearing, and my stomach felt as though it was tied up in knots. Every particle of air was squeezed from my lungs, and my feet were glued to the floor. I was utterly powerless, trapped in a lifeless shell of a body. I wanted to scream, then to throw up, perhaps both at once, but my lips were locked together. The minutes stretched on for what felt like hours, and my desperation built to a frenzy. The paralysis dissipated as we emerged in range of Earth. I crumpled to my knees, spilling my guts on the floor. Embarrassment rushed through my veins until I realized most of the humans were doubled over as well. There was a reason ships with environmental regulation issues weren't supposed to enter hyperspace. If this system hadn't been about to go nova, I don't think even their deranged species would have tried it. 
As my senses returned to me, the most important concern crossed my mind. Had we dropped our payload in time to save Earth? There was no sign of the Devourer spacecraft by the outer planets, which meant one or two things. Either they never reached the Terran system, or they had already taken it. Unknown vessel, you are trespassing in Terran space. Your transponder is offline, which is a violation of planetary laws. Identify yourself at once. A male voice crackled over the speakers. Rykov staggered to the hollow display. Oh, orbital command, I... I would hope you would recognize your own flagship. Jesus Christ! The man's pitch rose sharply, presumably from shock. Rykov, what on earth happened to you? Your bird looks like it got chewed up and spit back out. Um... We did crash it at full speed, but that's not the point. Request emergency landing at Mars Station. We need emergency vehicles on site. Understood. You are cleared to dock at any open port. A strange mix of relief and sadness fogged my mind as we glided towards our destination. The knowledge that our endeavors had saved the Federation from certain death was a source of pride, but I wished that there had been another way. If not... For our arrogance, if we had finished what we had started in a rescue mission a short time ago, perhaps there could have been. Humanity would be called to account by its galactic neighbors when they learned what we had done today. Maybe, just maybe the two parties could learn from the past mistakes and find a path to reconciliation. If the Federation insisted on making the humans an enemy, they might get more than they bargained for. This war was over. But the next one, that was the one I truly feared. End of chapter. Rykov point of view. As I was ushered through the Hall of Governance, I slowed to admire the artwork scattered throughout the premises. Murals depicting the cosmos, carvings of ancient deities, cultural artifacts from eons ago. Commander Rykov, the Yundel guard said my name slowly, since his species had difficulty pronouncing the R sound. Is there a reason that you are stopped? I shook my head. Just looking. It's fascinating. A showcase of every... You can browse the exhibits another time. The Senate is waiting, he growled. Right. Perhaps I should have been irritated by this guy's impatience, but frankly, I was just happy he wasn't afraid of me. Most aliens I'd spoken to since my arrival were walking around on eggshells, terrified of saying the wrong thing. Despite centuries of restraint and non-violence, they thought humans would be snapped on a whim. Why had Terran Command insisted on my testimony before the Senate? Why bother to comply with the subpoena? This was just the next farce, the latest inquisition against humanity. I forced a smile as I strolled into the central chamber, sensing all eyes turned towards me. The new speaker was standing at the lectern, glancing over a briefing packet. His name was Retka, formerly the Covian ambassador. His species was middle of the pack on the aggression scale, and he was one of the younger representatives of the Senate. Other than that, I didn't know much about him, but I wasn't expecting him to give us a fair shake. This was his golden opportunity to prove himself and to earn political points with Ula supporters. Commander Rykov of the planet Earth, please. Have a seat at the designated bench. Retka's voice was smooth and silky, pleasant to the ears. I am sure you understand why you are here. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I am aware of what you wish to discuss, I replied. 
He tapped his claw on the lectern. Very good. It has been an interesting few weeks, has it not? I sighed. Ah, that's one way of putting it. I think many of our listeners have added concerns about the events that transpired. Would you not view your nanite weapons as cruel and excessive? Depends on who they're used against. And who decides who deserves such a fate, Commander? I do not believe all humans are evil, as my predecessor did, but some of you are. You know this. What happens if your weapons fall into the wrong hands? As tempting as it was to argue, this guy was actually making sense. All it took was a few trigger-happy idiots in the chain of command to set off Armageddon. The same reason nuclear proliferation had almost ended in human extinction. It was easy to rush to judgment, as we had almost done with the devourers at the start of this mess, before we learned the full picture. Those are valid questions, Mr. Speaker. But let me ask you, what happens when the next devourers come for us? I paused, giving my words time to marinate. How do we protect the Federation without some sort of deterrent? Answering a question with a question, you should run for office, Commander. You're a natural. A few light chuckles came from the representatives. I can see the wisdom in having a um, last resort, as you say. But there needs to be fail-safes, oversights, transparency. If you truly desire peace, these weapons do not belong in the hands of the one species alone. I narrowed my eyes. That's not my call, Mr. Speaker. Is there something else that I can answer? Yes. Yes, sir. Your government has failed to offer a sufficient explanation for several matters. Let's start with the easy question. Where is General Kylon? Your ambassador claimed that he was a passenger on your ship, and nobody has heard from him since. Kylon. I was fortunate that he accepted the first officer position on my ship, given his intelligence and qualifications. But while he hadn't complained about his circumstances, at least to me, I knew his heart was with his home. It was my fault that he would never see his planet again. The least I could do was preserve his honor, and let him retire in the history books as a hero. He is dead. Uneasy murmurs rippled through the chamber, and I offered an apologetic glance to Jatari Ambassador Pelham. Shot through the abdomen during a shootout with the Zanuck. Nothing we could do. Please, accept my most sincere condolences. He was a good soldier. And a better man. Speaker Reckitt's eyes scanned my figure in a quick motion. It seemed that he was gauging my body language. The truth not only would just devastate Kylon, but would also implicate the Terran Union in illegal genetic experimentation. If there was any hope of salvaging our relationship with the Federation, this was a cover story that they needed to buy. I bowed my head and closed my eyes, images of the Devourer homeworld floating through my mind, as vivid as when I was standing on the bridge a week ago. The same memories I saw every night when I tried to sleep. Instead of pushing them away, I turned my focus on them. The sprawling oceans and the faint orange glows dotted across the land masses, screaming that life was present. I imagined the children witnessing the final sunrise, not realizing the fate was about to befall their race. The heat wave wavering on the surface, extinguishing a million souls in an instant. The people doomed by their own creation. Perhaps in another life, we would have been friends. Or perhaps in another life, we would have suffered their fate. Commander Rykov, 
The speaker shouted my name into the microphone, jolting me out of my trance. His nostrils flared, which I believe was an expression of concern for his species. I didn't mean to distress you. Bill changed the subject. I breathed a silent sigh of relief. Retka needed to see a genuine display of grief to be convinced, and that was the only way that I could give it to him. Next matter, I'd like to preface this question by expressing gratitude on behalf of the Federation. If you hadn't stepped in, I think we'd be the property of the Zanuck Republic right now, he said. I hesitated. The speaker was tactful with his words, but something told me a but was about to follow. It was my pleasure, Nat said. Your government claims Ambassador Kazel was killed by friendly fire. I'd be more inclined to believe that if every individual in the Zanuck line of succession didn't turn up dead within a day of the capital incursion, Retka muttered. Is that an accusation? You know as well as I do that there was a coup. Ordinary Zanuck citizens seized the palace and executed their leaders. It was live-streamed to the galaxy. If only it was that simple. These were the most well-armed ordinary citizens I've ever seen. Do normal insurgents have sniper drones and automatic rifles on your world, Commander Rykov? Well, the answer to that was affirmative, but saying that wouldn't portray humanity in a positive light. No, I, I suppose not. M what are you getting at? I'm saying someone armed them. Someone also gave the populace a reason to rebel by flooding their economy with cryptocurrency, making it so that they couldn't afford basic necessities. Speaker Retka paused, beating my eyes. It would stand to reason the same entity is responsible for both things, and the Terran Union has already been linked to the financial attack. I lowered my gaze. I'm not saying humans did it, but if we did, it would have been for their greater good. For centuries, the Zanuck administration has been relentless in its pursuit of expansion and conquest. Their government required drastic changes to put a stop to it. A series of anxious whispers rippled through the assembly, as my words were practically an admission of guilt. I risked a glance at the audience, and noticed Ambassador Johnson in her assigned seat, shaking her head. It was clear she didn't approve of my response, but what else could I say? This new speaker was a bit too clever, and had already put the pieces together on his own. Denying it would just make us out to be liars, and give the Federation further reason to distrust us. Rekka waited for the conversation to die down before responding, a naive, simple-minded way of thinking... What is it supposed to mean? I demanded. You assume that the next government will be any better. You do not consider the possibility that it may be worse, he replied. The old regime was elected by citizens. It carried out the will of the people. You cannot solve systemic problems by killing a few individuals. I found myself agreeing with the speaker, in spite of my allegiance. The modus operandi of the intelligence agency was asinine to me. I'd been telling my brother as much for years. By toppling the Zanuck Republic, they created a power vacuum. In all likelihood, they were replacing a democratic aggressor with an authoritarian one. A tired sigh escaped my lips. <sighs> Time will tell. Is that all? One more question. What happened to the devourers? He asked. Their star went nova, and their system was destroyed. It was technically the truth. Three billion years before its natural end, and right as the fleet was on its way to Earth. Convenient timing. Perhaps it was divine intervention, Mr. Speaker. I think not. This is your last chance to come clean, Commander. Don't force my hand. I don't know what you're talking about. Then I'll show you. 
I'll turn your attention to the projector. You'll see footage of a classified stealth probe that was monitoring the Devourer's sister room. Horror shot through my veins as a video began to play on the wall behind the speaker. It showed a lone vessel on approach to the luminous star. While the exterior of the ship was charred and flayed, the Terran emblem was still visible on the hull. It wouldn't have mattered if it weren't, since make and the model of the flagship were so distinctive. The Senate watched in stunned silence as the flagship deposited a capsule into the star's corona. Gravity did the rest of the work, drawing the projectile towards the surface. A sick feeling crawled into the pit of my stomach, and I wanted to beg Retka to turn off the tape. Instead, I just sat there, eyes glued to the screen. The speaker pressed the fast-forward button on his holopad and skipped ahead to the star's final moments. The fiery gases swirled down towards the core like water circling down a drain. With a shudder, the vibrant orb collapsed in on itself. It shrank until it was no longer visible. All that remained was blackness where the star had been. For a few seconds, the universe was at peace. Then, there was a blinding white flash that was washed out of the camera's view. It only appeared on the projector for a moment before the transmission cut out. Suffice to say, the probe was a goner. So tell me, was that a different ship that just happens to look like yours, Commander? Disgust briefly flashed on Rekka's face before he regained his composure. You know, it would be nice to get a smidge of honesty from you humans. That, uh, that bomb only has one purpose, to exterminate a species. Why would you build such a weapon? Please enlighten me. My mouth felt dry, and I could hear the blood rushing in my ears. Why did the Federation have to bear witness to an atrocity? The representatives shared aghast expressions, and panicked chatter began to spread through the chamber. I caught some of the phrases, like several people calling humanity monsters and demons. I took a deep breath, trying to find the right words. We, um, built it because we knew someday extermination might be necessary. Look, there was no other way. Perhaps that is true, but what is the necessary is not always right, he said. So you think we're wrong? You think we're all monsters just like everyone else, don't you? I stood up from my seat, red-hot anger racing through my body. This whole trial had been a trap, hadn't it? No wonder Retka had been such a calm demeanor. He had the footage in his back pocket the whole time. What was it that you want? Humanity kicked out of the Federation. Me, imprisoned for war crimes. No, actually... I was going to ask you to lead our military. Impassioned protests broke out across the Senate, but the Speaker raised a paw for silence. Friends, the humans cannot help what they are, but they are trying to change. They have never wronged us. They managed to convince us that they were the most peaceful species in the galaxy for centuries. Mistakes have been made by all of us. I want to move forward together, without hatred standing in the way. I believe this human and his associates will make us stronger and safer. I gape at Retka in disbelief. I don't know what to say. You can think about it, but know if you accept this pattern of lies and omissions must end here, and for the universe's sake, don't invent more bombs. I think humanity has more than enough as it is. I'd like the galaxy to still exist tomorrow, you know. Perhaps there was a future where we could be friends with the Federation once more. Things would be different, but maybe they should be. It was my sincere hope that we would never use our worst weaponry again. I wanted the galaxy to still exist tomorrow, too.
End of chapter. Chapter 26. Ula Point of View. Were the humans actually getting a reward for the genocide of an entire species? The Federation might as well remove the words peace and equality from its mission statement. If there was a speaker who was putting those savages in charge, the military. An abominable race like theirs did not belong in positions of power, and it never would have happened under my leadership. I had done everything I could to expose their nature, and just when I thought I was getting somewhere, the narrative shifted. The human framed me as the villain, and the Federation bought it. Hook, line, sinker. One moment I was their beloved speaker, champion of democracy, protector of the innocent. The next, they kicked me to the curve, all on the basis of a few unsavory memos from years ago. Where had I gone wrong? Was there anything I could have done differently? There would be plenty of time to think after I cleared out my office. I rummaged through the final drawer on my desk, searching for anything worth bringing home. Beneath a stack of documents, there was a single framed photo. It was turned upside down and covered by a thick coating dust. This picture clearly hadn't been touched in years. Curiosity sparked my chest and I flipped it over. A younger version of myself was standing side by side with Ambassador Johnson holding a document. I remembered that day. We'd been in the signing of War Crimes Treaty, which the humans sponsored. They said that they wanted to mitigate suffering and they had seemed so genuine in their commitment to peace. At the time, I wanted to be just like them. A growl rumbled in my chest, and I hurled the picture to the floor. The frame shattered, sending shards of glass everywhere. Careful, I wouldn't want to step on that while you're leaving this office. For the last time at that, a curse escaped my lips as I glanced behind me and saw Ambassador Johnson leaning against the doorframe. She was the last person... I wanted to speak to. I had no idea how long she'd been there, but a smirk suggested that she'd seen enough. Come to gloat? You got what you wanted. Just leave me be, I spat. The human disappeared for a brief moment. I thought she might actually leave me alone. Instead, she returned with a broom and a dustpan and began mopping up the shards of glass. I clenched my teeth, repulsed by her proximity. You and your filthy species ruined everything my life my government my job it's not that bad lots of positions out there to fill she chirped you know i heard they're hiring at galaxamart i could see it you in an ice green vest stocking shelves uh, that looked like it would really suit you go oh, back off get out of here i screeched ambassador johnson snickered and then at last departed from my office I picked up my box off the floor and looked around the room a final time. This was supposed to be my life, but somehow it had been taken away. It didn't matter, though. I would earn back the fickle citizen support by spreading the truth about the humans to anyone who would listen. Maybe I could make a blog or float around as a guest in the talk shows. Whatever it took to get the message across. There was a knock on the door, and my skin prickled with annoyance. There was a human gesture to request entry, which meant Ambassador Johnson had come back. Wonderful. Stupid human, you've had enough fun. I'm on my way now, I muttered. 
A male voice, as cold as ice, answered back. I am not human, and you're not going anywhere. Something smooth and metallic pressed against the back of my neck, which felt like a gun. Fear surged through my body as it dawned on me what was happening. The humans had sent an assassin after me, hadn't they? I couldn't say I was surprised, but I couldn't fathom why he didn't just pull the trigger. I turned my face to my assailant with slow, non-threatening movements. To my surprise, he was telling the truth. He wasn't human. I didn't recognize his species either. There was no flat-nosed, purple-skinned bipeds on the Federation's registry. To the best of my knowledge. Who are you? I stammered. The strange man nodded towards my desk chair. Why don't you take a seat? I inched back, following his instructions. We, we should talk about this. Whatever the humans paid you, I, I can give you more. Double even. The humans have nothing to do with this. I'm here because everything I've ever known, everyone I've ever cared about is gone. You have no idea what true pain is. Look, you're depressed. There are ways to get help. You, you, you don't have to hurt me. You, you don't have to hurt anyone, okay? That's where you're wrong. I am the last survivor of my species. Someone has to pay for that. Something clicked in my head. Although it sounded ludicrous, how could anyone have survived a supernova? You're a devourer, I whispered. His facial muscles twitched. I don't like that word. My name is Bayam. Okay then, Bayam. Listen to me. The humans were set on genocide from the beginning. There was, was nothing that I could do. I forced a sympathetic expression onto my face. It was difficult to think with a gun pointed at my head, but I knew I needed to redirect his anger. Commander Rykov is the one you want. He's here, in this building. He killed your people, not me. No. I needed to understand why this had happened. And it all leads back to you. Rykov tried to rescue us, but you sabotaged the stealth ships. In fact, with your sabotage, you tried to force the humans to kill us, he said, his voice shaking in anger. They could have finished evacuating my planet if they didn't need to detour to deal with you. If you didn't start a civil war, and if they didn't need to repair their ship after. Ultimately, you are responsible. It wasn't like that. You, you, you don't understand. I, I needed them to slip up so that the entire universe could see the true nature. In all of its ugliness, the humans have been conning their galaxy for centuries while they plot and build up an arsenal to kill us all. It was a calculated risk to save the Federation from the evil that you can't fathom. A calculated risk. Is a planetary extinction event some minor sacrifice to you? You are the evil one. You don't deserve the nitrogen you breathe. Say goodbye to your miserable existence. It seemed that talking Bayam was out of the question. The devourer had a crazed look in his face. His veins were about to pop out of his neck. His finger was hovering over the trigger as he tried to hold the gun steady. I wanted to call for help but he would take me out as soon as I reached for my holopad. Barring a miracle, this seemed like it would be the end. The door swung open and Ambassador Jonathan waltzed in, looking at a piece of paper. 
Ula, old pal, I had some time on my hands, so I drafted up a resume for you. Take a look. The human glanced up, and the color drained from her face as she spotted the gun. I wasn't sure whether to beg for help or to talk Bame into shooting her instead. Neve, no, this has nothing to do with you, he hissed. Johnson raised her hands in a placating gesture. I read about you in the mission reports, Bame, right, uh, put down the gun. You don't want to do this. Yes, I do. I want this vermin dead. A tear rolled down his cheek, and he quickly wiped it away. I tried to save my people, and I failed. Vengeance is all that's left. It's not your fault. Please, don't let your pain and your hatred define you, Bayam. You're better than that. Revenge won't help in the long run. I don't care if it helps. Why should she live when millions will never see another day? Because of her. How is that fair? It's not. People like Ula are terrible. Believe me, I agree with you. But if we stoop to their level, they win. And I'm too petty to let them win. That's where we differ, human. I'm more than happy to let Ula have a victory. The devourer checked his sights a final time, grinning at me. Bane was about to dampen the trigger when the Ambassador Johnson lunged at him, grabbing his dominant arm. She tugged it down and the gun went off, blasting a hole in the floor. The duo tumbled to the ground, wrestling for the control of the firearm. My mind was reading as I stared at the skirmish. Why was Ambassador trying to help? This was her chance to get rid of me. Without any blood in her hands of the Terran government, humans were supposed to enjoy carnage anyways. There was no reason for her to put herself in the line of fire for a sworn enemy. Ambassador Johnson twisted the wrist, trying to loosen his grip on the gun. Bame reached out with his free arm and picked up the stray shard of glass from the floor. With a swift motion, he jabbed it into her thigh. The human yelped, and her lapse in concentration allowed the devourer to break free. He shrugged off her grasp and began crawling away. The thought occurred to me to run to join in the fray, but I was paralyzed. Something in my brain had shut off, and I couldn't flip it back on. Bayam struggled to his feet, using the desk for support. He levered the gun at Ambassador Johnson, who was nursing her wounded leg. Crimson blood soaked through the navy blue pants turning them purple. I didn't know much about human anatomy, but she must have been hit in some sort of blood vessel. Stay down. I, I don't want to hurt you, he pleaded. The gun swiveled back towards me. I steeled myself for the inevitable. There was no reason in begging for forgiveness from either of them, because I wasn't sorry. Sure, my methods hadn't been perfect, but I was the only one brave enough to stand up against those human wretches to make sacrifices for the well-being of the Federation. There was a sharp, searing pain in my forehead. I crumpled in my seat, watching as the world became fuzzy. It was all so grainy, so out of focus. I was dimly aware, in the recesses of my conscience, of Bame running from the scene of the crime, my ears registering the words of Ambassador Johnson, calling for help on a holopad. But I was too far gone to process anything but the cold sensation washing over my body. Nothingness overtook my senses, and I sank into the arms of the void. End of chapter
The algorithm reckons you should be watching this video next, and I recommend that you should be always watching my video. So, click, click, click. With energy! And yes, clicking that does help the channel. Thank you very much.